in Hebrews. Uh, why would we go to Hebrews 13 uh, this morning? Well, uh, to kind of to tie this thing all together, uh, the last two weeks that we've been uh, in here on Sunday, we've, we've dove extremely deep into how important understanding our salvation really is. And we've worked really hard uh, to understand exactly what happened to us when we came to faith in Christ, and, and that's, that's such a big deal. Like, it's, it's a monumental thing to really understand what happened to you when you came to faith in Christ. And you, you may say, I, you know, I, I've got the, I've got the, the basics. Uh, well, you, you need to understand the whole thing. You really need to understand uh, why it's so important uh, to see how real salvation is, for one, in, in terms of how deep it is. Because if you don't, if you don't get that, I, you know, it's really easy. You know, they, they say that 80% of every Jehovah's Witness is a former Baptist. 80%. 80% of all the Jehovah's Witness are former Baptist church members. And why, 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 do, you, why do you think that is? Well, because they were tossed to and fro uh, with every wind of doctrine. And they didn't understand, they didn't understand that, uh, you know, one of the, the crucial things, uh, one of the heresies of, of, uh, of the Jehovah's Witness is, is the deity of Christ is not a thing there. And, and so, well, that's what everything we believe is founded on. We believe that Jesus Christ is the literal Son of God, right? And, and so the, the problem with not understanding your salvation is that you can indeed be be thrown and, and tossed to and fro uh, with every wind of doctrine. And I don't want you to do that. I, I, don't, I don't want you to become a casualty. I don't want you to fall into false doctrine. Um, and so last week we, we dealt with that. And we, we dealt with the importance of that. And, uh, and I, think it's, I think it's huge that we get to a place to where we can appreciate what we have in Jesus Christ way more than we do right now even. Um, when we examine how deep our salvation is and, and, and then how our salvation came to pass, we understand that, that, that it is the single most dynamic thing to ever happen in your life. Do you realize that? When you, when you dive into the depths of salvation, you, you then can come to a place to where you understand that, that it is or it should have been the single most dynamic thing that ever happened in your life. Now, now there's a lot of special days that you and I could probably uh, chalk up on the, on the calendar and, and, and praise the Lord for those special days. But, but there is no more special day than this one special day, this one moment in time. And look, I, I'll say this, I don't remember the date. Uh, I can tell you where I was. I can tell you about the time of the year it was. I can tell you how old I was. But that's about all I know about it. Uh, but, but I will say this, I do remember it at, as being... Uh, a very impactful time in my life, and 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 I'll say this: as I grow, as I've grown in the Lord, and to really understand salvation, it that that time period has then amplified times ten. Does that make sense? Like I become more appreciative of that moment the more I learn about that moment and what actually happened. Because I didn't know everything that happened to me when I got saved, and neither neither did you. You didn't know everything that happened, so you may have been you may have been young 
and then learned, started learning, and then you become actually appreciative and way more thankful for that day that you really didn't know anything about. And, and so I think it's really important. Why? Well, because it can anchor you in. It can, pu- it can put you in, and it can, it, can, it can put you in a place to where, to where you can be really useful for the kingdom of God. You see, it was meant to be the one constant that would make a way for you and me to have the ability to see real change in our life, according to 2 Corinthians 5. Salvation was meant to, to give us the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, which is comfort and joy and peace. And teaches us contentment, according to John 14, verse 26. Salvation was, uh, was delivered uh, to us for a permanent sealing for the man's soul and granting him eternal life, according to Ephesians 4, verse 30. Salvation was meant to seat a person in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 2, verse 6. Salvation was uh, for the individual that had no rest to ultimately come to Jesus Christ and find rest in Him. According to Matthew chapter number 11, salvation was for the fatherless to find a father that would never leave them nor forsake them. According to 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. Salvation was to give man the ministry of reconciliation and allow him to participate in reconciling sinners to God in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 21. Salvation was for us to understand what it meant to be called the sons of God, according to John 1 and verse number 12. Now why is all of that such a big deal? Well, salvation ultimately is for the glory of God in our lives and, and not really for our own lives. You see, all of this culminates to God being glorified rather than us having a better life. Now, now the, the, the outpouring of that is that we have a better life. Amen? <laughs> the outpouring of that is that, that God can, can take a man's family that was wrecked and ruined by sin and save him and change his whole family. Change his whole life. And, and that's a good thing. Wouldn't you say that's a good thing in your life? It's a good thing in my life. God's done a lot of good things in my life through salvation. But the ultimate thing is that God would be glorified through my life. And so this morning, I think that it's needful that we look at Hebrews chapter 13 and we see and we ask the question, is God, is the thing that God purposed salvation for really happening in my life? Is the, is the one thing that God purposed in my life through salvation, is, is that really happening in my life? And we looked at four monumental things that, that happened within our salvation in, in that Colossians chapter 1 deal. Uh, we, we looked at, at the fact that we've been delivered. We've, he, he says, who had delivered us from the power of darkness. We, we looked and we've seen that not only we've been delivered, but we've been translated and, tra- and had translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. And, and then we looked at how those things came to pass. Well, they came to pass because uh, through a redeeming process. What was we redeemed with? We, well, we were redeemed uh, through his blood. And then we were forgiven. We were forgiven of our sins. By Jesus Christ, the only one that is able to forgive sins. 
And remember, it was the Pharisees that questioned and said, how does this man forgive sins? Well, only the Son of God can forgive sins. But that's what happened to us. And so, so we, we look at that and we look how important that thing is and we see that salvation was not really for the, the purpose of our own enjoyment in life, but actually that the glory of God may be manifest. But then we, we have to ask ourselves, are we living that out? In Hebrews chapter number 13, I think it helps us to understand that God has called us and given us a way to live that out. Look at Hebrews 13 and, and verse number, I, I don't know, what is the very first verse I got on there, bro? 12, okay, good there. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate. Forget not, for with such sacrifices is God well pleased. Now I believe the command from these verses this morning is really plain, right? I believe that there's a command from the verses this morning, but, but this command cannot be done within the power of a man's flesh. I've always heard for years from men that I, claim, that, that I, hold, that I hold even now to be good men. And, and they would say things like, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Well, just praise God on credit. But here's, here's the thing with that. You, you can praise God on credit, I guess. But here's what I would say. If we will get the depths of our salvation, there will be no need to praise God on credit. There will be no need to fake it till we make it. Why? Well, because we'll understand how deep our salvation really is. And to understand, and to understand the command this morning, we're going to have to get how real it was when we came to faith in Christ. Now, now the writer is trying to convey the thought process of offering the sacrifice of praise. Now, now, I would say to you that you, 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 you may hear that uh, and, and say, how is praise a sacrifice? And then I would say, uh, we could probably poll all the singers and, and, and ask them if, if there's anybody sacrificing the sacrifice of praise in the congregation while we're all praising the Lord in song. And they might be able to give you a better understanding of, of what that sacrifice would actually mean. You say, why is that? Well, you, you, you can sometimes look and see people that aren't sacrificing the sacrifice of praise. And, and why, why would you say that? Well, because it's, it's not always easy. That's why it's called a sacrifice. It's not always easy to praise the Lord. Some people are, are, are different about praising the Lord than other people are. I'll be honest with you. I, I, there are some times I, I'm more reserved than other times. This morning I'm getting coffee at, at racetrack, and, and me and this same guy, we meet all, almost... Every single morning we go in there. And you know, I, I have been studying this and God kind of bothered me a little bit. 
I'm talking to this guy, and he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I got to get up in the morning and get my coffee before my day starts, and, you know, I, I got I got to get some peace and quiet before my kids all wake up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. I said, usually, I, you know, it's a good thing for me to get coffee in the mornings. I, I love having coffee in the mornings, but... But I, I had to make a point in, in terms of the sacrifice of praise. I had to make a point at that moment in time. It was like God was saying, all right, won't you offer the sacrifice of praise here? And so that's what I did. And lo and behold, man, it was the weirdest thing. Before I knew it, I, I was able to witness to the dude, th this dude saved. He's looking for a church, he says, and it, it, just a good dude, just a really good guy. But, you know, I walked out of there and I thought, man, that, that was kind of easier than what I thought it was going to be in the moment. But at the same time, it was a sacrifice till I took that step, right? He said, well, you're supposed to witness to everybody. Yeah, you are too. You, you are too. You, you're, you're not off the hook either. You see, sometimes just the sacrifice of praise is a real sacrifice. Standing up in a group of people and being the only oddball in the group that's got something great to say about Jesus Christ, that's a sacrifice at times. And we're, we'll, we'll lead into that in a minute. But, but I, I, I want to, for understanding the book of Hebrews, I want to give you a couple of things about Hebrews. The theme of Hebrews is all about better things. It's all about better things in the book of Hebrews. We're dealing with a primarily, uh, we're, we're dealing with a group of people that book is, of Hebrews is addressed to who? Hebrews. <laughs> There's no, everybody's like, man, this dude's got all kinds of trick questions up his sleeve. And then there's none. It's like so plain, it's written in real bold letters in the very front of the book. Uh, the, the book of Hebrews is addressed to Hebrews, to Jews. And, 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 and so, so, so here it is, these Jews are stuck in this uh, Judaistic way of living, and, 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 and the writer comes along, and he is pounding the fact that Jesus Christ and his way are better. And so the book's all about better things. In, in, in Hebrews 7 and verse 7, it's there, uh, it, 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 Jesus is better than the Old Testament priest. He brings a better hope in 719. He brings a better testament in 722. He brings a better covenant in 86. He brings a better sacrifice in 923. He came to give us a better resurrection in 1135. And he brings us into a better country in 1116. And then he gives us a better inheritance in 1140. And the whole book is about Jesus Christ being better. But why? Why is he better? Well, look at Hebrews 9 and verse 11. But Christ being come, uh, being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into the holy place at having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the pure, purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purged your conscience from dead works to serve a living God? That's why. That's why he's better. 
Because the blood of the bulls and goats wouldn't suffice. And so he offered him his own self a better blood. Look, look at Hebrews 10 verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of goat, uh, bulls and goats should take away sins. So instead of morning and evening, evening sacrifices with bulls and, and goats, instead of the blood of mere animals, Jesus Christ steps off his throne, his royal throne in heaven, and robes himself in the flesh of a man, becomes 100% man and 100% God, lives a spotless, sinless, perfect life, and lays down his life on an old wooden cross as an altar, and he sacrifices his blood on a spot, uh, for a spotless, as a spotless lamb for a sinful man for all of eternity. That's why he's better. Hebrews 10 and verse uh, 10, he says, by the, which we, we, uh, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifice which can never take away sins, but this man. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. This is your Savior. This is the better blood. This is the perfect blood. This is the better covenant. And so he's saying, man, this, this is better. Man, you've got to understand, this, all that is to come, it's better through Jesus Christ. So he says, you're supposed to offer something. Make sure you understand this. We've not been given a pass. I, I think it's really important to understand this part. We have not been given a pass to not offer sacrifices. Does that make sense? Well, I thought we wasn't in the Old Testament. We're not. We're in the New You've been called to offer sacrifices just like them Old Testament priests did. We've been called to offer those sacrifices. You ready with it? You ready for this? With the same fervor. We're, we've been called to offer those same sacrifices with the uh, those sacrifices with the same fervor and the same intensity and the same passion. We've been called priests in the New Testament by Jesus Christ, and we are to offer sacrifices. Get, get this, you ready? That are well pleasing to God. So we are a priest. You ready for this? We are a priest. He calls us priests and kings. We are a priest. And, and, and you ready? We do have a temple, though it's not made with hands. And we do have an altar. No, it's not built, no, it's not built from stone or wood. And we do have sacrifices, though they're not animals. Do you see? Do you see the do you see the holiness behind offering these sacrifices? What are these sacrifices? Well, they're, according to Hebrews, they're sacrifices of praise. You see, we, we, don't, we don't get a pass on that, right? For, for years, man, it, 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 man we, we thought, oh, we're done with all of that, with all that ceremonial stuff. And, and yes, we are. But God has called us to something higher. Amen. 
He's called us to something higher. Why? Because He gave us a better blood. He gave us a better resurrection. He gave us a better hope. He gave us a, a, a better inheritance. And He's called us to something better than bulls and goats. He's called us to the sacrifice of praise. Look at these verses. In, in, in verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Then he says, he tells us in verse 13, that now because of that let us go forth without the camp bearing his reproach. So what is this whole idea and this understanding of, of without the gate and without the camp? There, there, this is where the sin offering happens in the Old Testament. Without the gate. The sin offering was placed on the animal and, 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 and there it had to be without the gate. You ready for this? That's where Jesus Christ was placed. Where, where was he crucified? He was crucified right outside the gate. He was crucified right outside the city. He was crucified right outside the camp. He was crucified right outside. It. And are you ready for this? If you were going to walk that walk with him, you're going to bear the reproach of being crucified with him outside the camp. Now I want to give you, I, 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 just for the sake of understanding, I want to give you a few things about understanding this sin offering. Uh, at Leviticus chapter number 16 gives us a look into the, the day of atonement in terms of sin offering. A bullock was supplied by Aaron. Two goats were supplied by the people. Aaron kills the bullock and burns the fat, the liver, and the kidneys. Leviticus 4 and, and verse number 9, the, 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 the blood is, is sprinkled seven times. On and before the mercy seat, blood is then placed on the horns of the brazen, uh, of the brazen and incense altars. Now, ready for this? The carcass is then burned outside the camp. The goat is sacrificed exactly as the bullock. Now, why is this such a big deal? The scape, the scapegoat, is where where the the sin is placed. On a, uh, where, where the sin of the people is placed on an animal, that animal is then released into the wilderness outside the camp. This is how the, the Day of Atonement worked. Now, now there, there, was, uh, there, there was a sin offering for person, the personal sin of the priest in Leviticus 4. The priest would lay his hands on a bullock and he kills it. The blood is then taken into the holy into the holy place and is sprinkled seven times. Uh, before the second veil, the blood is then, then put on the horns of, of the incense altar and, and, and the rest is poured on the base of the brazen altar. The fat and the kidneys and the liver are, are burned on the altar. Now why are they burned on that? They're burned on the altar for the sweet smelling savor to the Lord. And then, you ready for this? And then the rest of the body is burned outside the camp. This is for the sin offering. Then for the congregation, there's not much different. You can look in, in, in verses 13 through 21 at that. If the congregation sins, the offering's done exactly the same way as the sin to the priest, without the, the exception that the elders of the tribe lay their hands on the, bull, on the bull instead of the priest. Now why is, why is all that such a big deal? Because it is important for you to understand and, and, and for you to get... That this reproach came on Jesus because he chose to die 
in your place outside the camp for your sin. You you realize all of those things, they were just picturing who he was going to be when he came. All of that scapegoat and and, and, and all of the the burning of the... Uh, uh, of, uh, 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 of that goat outside the camp. It was all a picture of who Jesus Christ was going to be for you and me in the New Testament. And I, make sure you get it. This is a huge deal. If you're going to go forth outside the camp, you are indeed going to suffer reproach. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 9, This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. What does Hebrews 11 say? Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. There is going to be reproach. So he says let us go forth outside the camp bearing this reproach. Why? Why would we do that? Well verse 14 gives us a little inquiry and why we would do that. For, For here we have no continuing city. For here, for here, we have no continuing city. But, 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 but we seek one to come. You realize, you see what's happening? There is no, there, there is no continuing city here for us. Why, what does that mean? It means that life is a vapor. It's here for a little while and then it vanisheth away. It means that we're going to be here for a moment in time, for a blip on God's radar, and then for the rest of our lives, we will be set apart into another city. This city's just the city to where Jesus Christ is king. It's a, it, it's a city to where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. It's a city to where there, there, there is there's only Jesus to govern. You see, you can be set free from the, from the bondage of this world's opinions, from this world's thoughts, when we ourselves come to the place that we have indeed decided to bear the reproach of His name because we don't intend to seek a city here. We don't, we're not seeking opinions and, and thoughts and popularity here. We're not seeking a place here. We're not seeking our own here. Why? Because we are seeking a city that is to come. We can be set free from the citizenship of this world. You realize that? You can be set free from the citizenship of this world when we realize that we're already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not that we're, we might be. Not that we're going to be. No, we're as good as there. And God's like, man, you can be set free from the citizenship of this world. You can be set free from the people's opinions. You can be set free from the people's thoughts and ideologies if we'll just get in our mind that we're strangers in a strange land. Man, could it be that we we would live with the Apostle Paul in these worlds that have crucified the world? that the world's crucified unto me and me unto the world? Could we live there? Could could, Could our days be spent in praise of Him who our soul, trust, and joy is in? Could it be that we live within these realms? I want to offer to you this morning some things about these sacrifices. 
that I think we need to get in terms of grasping our salvation on another level. Number one, don't you see that Christ is a central theme of the acceptable sacrifice of praise? Christ is the central theme of the acceptable sacrifice of praise. I thought it, I thought it was my sacrifice. It's not yours, it's Christ. You get that? It's not yours, it's Christ. It's not your sacrifice of praise. It's the sacrifice of praise. Well, whose is it? It's, it's, it's his. Look, look what it says. By him, therefore. By him, therefore. I, I, maybe, maybe me and you, we, we've heard people give praises to, 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 to many things. But have you ever heard praises been given to, to somebody you're not real sure it, it was supposed to be directed to God, but you're not real sure who it's actually, that it's actually being directed to God? I mean, I, I've heard people stand up in church and, and, and then sat down after they gave some kind of praise and I wondered who they were actually praising. As a matter of fact, I, I thought they gave themselves more praise than they gave God. I thought they gave the, their, their church. Are you ready for this? You ought, to, you ought to be thankful for your church. But you shouldn't give your church more, more praise than you give God. Jesus Christ ought to be the theme of our praise. I've heard people give it to their children. I've heard people give it to money. I've heard people give it to things. I've heard people give it to spouses. And much was left to the left lacking in, in, in thanks to his name. You know what we'd call that? We'd call that the sacrifice of Cain. We call that the sacrifice of the flesh. We call that the sacrifice of, of fools, but, but make no mistake about it, it wasn't the sacrifice of praise. Make sure that your heart is bent to a Christ-centered sacrifice. To a Christ-centered sacrifice. I know, I, I know man, it, it, you know, it's weird. I mean, we, we seem to be drawn away really easily from the simplicity that's in Christ. It's the one thing Eve was, was drawn away from that just wrecked her whole world. And if the principle is true for Eve, the, the person that, that God formed, I dare say, I dare say it'd be true for us. I dare say it'd be true for the Laodicean. I dare say that in Laodicea we're rich and increased with goods and it's not hard to forget Jesus Christ. I dare say in Laodicea where, where it's full of critics. Where it's full of people that, that wants their way or the highway. That, that deserve their rights to be met. That deserve their needs to be met. That deserves the church to fix all their problems. That, des, that, that says the church is... It, 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 they, that I deserve all this junk that they should give me. That the rights of the people. I dare say it's easy for us. To forget that Jesus should be 
the preeminent one in our sacrifice of praise. That Jesus, Jesus should be the center of our sacrifice of praise. You know, I, I often wonder. I often wonder sometimes who we're singing to right here. Man, I've wrote sermons and they didn't have nothing to do with Jesus. I'm sure we've sang songs that didn't have nothing to do with Jesus. You've wrote sermons that didn't have nothing to do with Jesus, believe it or not. If you pastor long enough, you'll write something, you'll, you'll, you'll jot down some notes for somebody, and, and, and you know, you're, you're, you're aiming at somebody rather than Jesus Christ. Make sure our hearts are bent towards Christ being the center of the sacrifice. Not only Christ uh, is the central theme of the sacrifice, but number two, God has called us to participate in this sacrifice. He says, let us. Let us. And, 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 and he calls upon all of us who have a participation in the sacrifice of Christ to go with him outside of the camp and there to, then to stand with him in our places, in our communities, in our homes and continually offer the sacrifice of praise. See, praise is a, is a heart trust. It's a heart content with God. And, and this trust is, is, is actual, I, I believe it's adoration applied to practical purposes. I believe trust in God is adoration apply, applied to, to practical life purposes. Practical life application. Somebody says, man, you, 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 just, really, you just really trust the Lord. I, 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 don't, I don't know... I don't know it's trust so much as it, as it is adoration. Because adoration will produce trust. What happened to the man that, that God was there exceeding joy? What happened to the woman that God was there exceeding joy? Well, that woman or that man had a, had, a, had a certain adoration within them that produced a certain trust that fell out to practical purposes and practical things in their life. Praise is a heart enjoyment. What about Jeremiah? I think of Jeremiah. Then, then said uh, Jeremiah 20 verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. Jeremiah's had enough. He said, nor speak any more of his name. Jeremiah's fed up with people. <laughs> Jeremiah's fed up with preaching. He's, he's not had a convert. He's not even had anywhere close to a convert. He, he's depressed. He's, he's, his heart's down. He, he just don't know what to do. And so he, he comes to a place where, look, I'm not going to make mention of him, nor am I going to speak of his name anymore. And, and then out of nowhere, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I could not stay at the place to where I could make mention of him or speak his name anymore. Why? Because inside of my heart, there was a fire. Could you love anyone as you love God? Could you love anyone as you love God? Does, and, and does God know that? Does God know 
that we can't love anyone as we love him? And I'd be afraid, I'd be afraid that, that he might not in some of us. But you've got to ask yourself the question, does God know how much I really love him? Does God get the sacrifice of your praise? I'm talking about praise. I'm talking about praise in sacrifice. You know, it's funny. We, we forget that we're we, we forget that we're all in this thing together. We forget that there's Christians all across this world uh, that are that are that right now. There's Christians in Africa, and they they don't have all this. They don't have. They don't actually have none of this. None none of it. And look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to guilt us into what we, what God's blessed us with. I'm trying to make sure we understand that there's places that don't have any of this. And man. They don't need none of this to carry a tune either. Well, they're just gifted. I think they've been doing it so long without what we have. They just don't matter. It don't matter to them no more. Man, I, I, I watched a dude. I watched a dude years ago beat on some little drum. When when he got that thing out, I thought there ain't no way. Behind him, there was a there was a there was a string, and they took they took. Uh, they, they have real glass Coke bottles over there, and they take the lids off those glass Coke bottles, and they'll punch a hole in the middle of, of, of that Coke bottle top, and they'll run a string through a lot of them. And what they do is they, they, make, a, they make three or four strings of these, of these Coke bottle tops, and somehow or another, I've yet figured it out, but they figured out how to make music out of Coke bottle tops on a string. And it actually sounds really good. I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this, this is supposed to be some kind of harp over here. Something. We got some little bongo, and then we, we've got a drum, we, we've got a guitar, and it's, a, it's some kind of hollow deal with a stick run out the end of it, and it's got like two strings on it. And listen, I, I don't know how they do it, I mean, but I'll tell you this much, it sounded really good. There's about 30 of us in that hut that morning, and man, they was getting down. I wonder if we've gotten to the place to where we understand that it's let us. Like us together. Like us on the same side. Like not this church against that church. Like, like let us. Let us. Let us enter. Let, let us go forward. Let us go together. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise together. Let us, our brothers and sisters that we're not against, let us offer that sacrifice together. God's called us to participate in the sacrifice. Not only that, God's called us to participate with the sacrifice with our lips. With the sacrifice, with our lips by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise uh, sacrifice of praise to God continually that is you ready the fruit of our lips everybody just just pause for for consideration 
what are we considering? Well, we're considering the fact that God tells us exactly what he wants us to sacrifice and exactly how he wants us to sacrifice it. Guess what? Just like he did in the Old Testament. Same God. Same God in the Old Testament said, hey, I want you to sacrifice just like this. I want you to pour the blood out just like this. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And then, and then he gets to the New Testament. But, but what does he do? He makes it easier. Uh, and so easier is got to be somewhat better, right? <laughs> Uh, this, 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 he makes it easier, but, he, but at the same time, he says so specific that he wouldn't accept the sacrifice in the Old Testament if it wasn't done a certain way. So here in the New Testament, he's not going to do it any different. He's going to say, I want you to sacrifice this way, and if you don't, I'm not going to accept it. What does that mean? It means that your thought, that your thoughts towards God, you ready? They're not called sacrifices of praise. Well, now it's, you're, just, you're, you're just meddling. I like to think my, my sacrifices of praise. Well, God don't care. You can't think your way. You can't emotionalize your sacrifice of praise. Well, I'm just not that kind of person. I, I'm, just, I'm just not that kind of person. Well, here, here's, here's what I would say to that. Just as the birds sing when they wake up before the sun, God's called you to the sacrifice of praise with the, through the fruit of your lips. Just, just as you hear the birds singing this morning, with the fruit of their lips as they magnify the Lord, that's what they've been called to. And God has called us to that same thing. How can we say, how can we go against the word of God and say, well, that's just not who I am. Friend, that's who God called you to be. And that's why it's such a sacrifice. I can't force myself to praise. I, I, I'm not for, I don't want to force you to praise. Well, well how, how does it work? Well, the praise is actually to be a natural thing. The praise is to be a natural thing. Look, look, look there, there's a really inter interesting word here. Let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, what, what's those next two words? No, no. That is, and then the next two words after that? The fruit. The fruit. All right, now, now let, let, me, let me help you with something. How, how, do you, how do you get fruit? It comes from a what? From a tree. So, so, so do, you, do you force fruit to grow out of a tree? You don't force fruit to grow out of a tree. If fruit's growing out of a tree, it, we, we call it a, a, a what? A, a natural thing, right? A natural product of an apple tree is to produce apples, Right? So, so, so you, you're, you're not in the place to where you've got to force this praise. It should be a natural praise. It should be a praise that, that you and I have, have stored up and presented to the Lord as fruit. So it don't got to be forced. Man, well, we got to force it all the time. 
makes you wonder what tree it's coming from. Makes you wonder where this production of, of fruit. You see, the praise is to be real and, and it's to be sincere. But you, you ready for this? The next verse tells us what we're supposed to do. Verse 16 says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. So, so here it is. Praise is to be real and sincere. So, 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 so what, do I do, what do we do with the people that do praise the Lord? Well, here, here it is. We, we, we measure their praise by verse 16 to do good, to do good. Remember what the Pharisees did? They praised me on their lips, but their their hearts, they were far from me. They praised me with their lips, with their, their hearts, they were, they were far from me. They, they couldn't get this verse 16 thing. And so what God said, lip service won't work. God ain't looking for people just to praise Him with lip service. No, no, no. God is not looking for you and me just to offer Him lip service. No, He's looking for us to do good. Not only is Christ the central theme of our sacrifice, God's called us uh, to participate in this sacrifice when, when He said, let us. But then God's called us to uh, participate with the sacrifice with our lips, the fruit of our lips. And then, and then the last one, I'll be done. God has called us to, to sacrifice this, this, pray, this sacrifice continually. Continually. Let's therefore offer the sacrifice of praise continually. You see, faith has got to lead us into a personal communion with the Lord. Faith has got to lead us into a personal communion with the Lord. It, 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 the, the praise is to be offered to Him, not to my fellow man. Amen? The, 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 I, I will say this... Uh, When you have an overflowing content within your heart, you'll find real joy in Jesus Christ. An unhappy believer is a poor believer. An unhappy believer is a poor believer. Why? Because Christians were made to glorify God. Christians were made to glorify God. And, 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 and here it is. This is what you and I were made to do. And so we ask the question, should God go unpraised? Should God be left unpraised? And, and, and should God, should Jesus Christ be left without his due praise? You could almost say it like Malachi said, well, a man robbed God. Malachi said, man, will, will a man rob God in his, his tithes and his offering? But I say, will a, will a man rob God of his praise? You see, Give you a few things to think on. Brother Mark would always say it, and and and, and I, I now see how true it is. This is the dressing room for the kingdom that is to come. We're dressing ourselves of what we'll wear in the next kingdom.
And when you and I will not give the Lord what's due his name in this world, you'll not be able to in the next. Oh, man, I just can't wait to see his face. I mean, man, I just can't wait to see Jesus' face. Well, well, you should tell your face that now. You should tell yourself that now. You should get up in the morning and say, man, I can't wait to see the face of Jesus. You should go to work with the heart and say, man, I can't wait to see the face of Jesus. Well, you know, this world's just so hard. This, this world's just so hard. But, but, but how good is Jesus Christ? Is he, is, he, is he so good that the hardness of this world is just, a, is, just a, is just a thing for somebody that's fixated on Jesus Christ? Man, think about how you'll praise him when you see his face. Think about how you'll magnify him when you see his face. Think about, think about how you'll rehearse in the, in the choir that will one day sing a chorus that nobody has yet to learn. The only a song of the redeemed. Think about when, when we will get to sing the song that only the redeemed of Jesus Christ will get to sing. Those that's been redeemed by us. But think about it. We will be the only people standing in that, in that course room that day that will get to sing that song. We will be the only ones that get to hit the notes. We will be the only ones that know the song. We will be the only ones that get to feel what it was like when Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, came to where we was and redeemed us. Only the angels get to look in to our redemption while we get to experience the fullness of the purchased possession. Friend, that is worth praising Jesus for. That is worth offering the sacrifice of praise for. Man, can you imagine Paul? the lower parts of the prison, an aged man hanging on to, to his sons in the faith. Can you imagine as he looks over as an aged man at the, the clankling of the, of the chains in the lower parts of that prison in, the, in, the, in, in probably uh, sitting in water, probably sitting in, in the dampness of that, that lower part. Can you imagine as he looks over at Paul, uh, as he looks over at Timothy and uh, or Silas and says, man, let's, let's offer the sacrifice of praise. And Silas, let's praise the Lord at midnight. You want to? There ain't nothing worth praising. We, we don't have anything worth praising the Lord for right now. We're in the lower parts of this job. Man, we, we've been locked up for nothing. But, man, come on, Silas, let's praise the Lord together for a little while. And can you imagine being there in that moment and actually mustering up enough within you in the moment of cancer, in the moment of death, in the moment of your, of your sorrow, in the moment of your sadness, in the moment of the hardest trials of life, looking at the person sitting beside Hey man, listen, let's just praise the Lord a little while. Can we just do that? Could it be like Paul and Silas that the jail cell would be open and that there would be a guard that would turn his heart to Jesus Christ? That there would be a person in your life that would see you praising the Lord and offering the sacrifice of praise to the great high priest that deserves that offering? Is our altars broke down? Is the altar that's not built with wood broke down? Is the temple that's not made with hands, is it been destroyed? Is there cobwebs in our altars? Are they, are they, are, are, are they unused? Man, may we be as the high priest.
this morning of the Old Testament and come in with the blood of our Savior, a better blood, having a better resurrection with a body that was offered outside the gate. Man, could you, you, you look as you see that body? As you see the wounds in his head? As you see the wounds in his hands and his feet and his back? As you see the, the spear as they thrust the spear into the side of Jesus Christ and outpours the blood and water? Could you see the agony? Could you hear the cry, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Could you hear that? Outside the camp where there was no man? Could you hear? As John would earlier in the, in the life of Christ look and say, Behold, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world that would be crucified outside the camp. Could, could, could you take that? And could you see how your sin, your sin was pardoned? How your redemption was accomplished, how your salvation was purchased, how hell was, was done away with and death was abolished. Could you come to the could you come to the altar this morning with a with a sacrifice of praise in your heart because you do not deserve the fact that Jesus Christ let his blood make you clean? One day. One day we'll behold a city whose builder and maker is God. We'll be robed in, in white. Her righteousness will be in Christ. And we'll sing a song that are only, that's only been reserved for the redeemed. Now ask yourself, why wouldn't I offer this sacrifice? Why wouldn't I tell my neighbor? Why wouldn't I tell my neighbor? That Jesus Christ has redeemed me out of the hand of the enemy. That Jesus Christ has saved my soul. Why, would, why wouldn't I tell him? Why wouldn't I speak of the goodness of God? Why wouldn't I? The humiliation of Jesus Christ. In the heaven. That Jesus Christ is going to let us walk into. You know what? They're all. They're all really good. Pictures. They're all really good things to get us to a place to where we should be able to offer the sacrifice of praise without having our teeth pulled, without having to be berated. I don't know whether I was in the flesh last week or not. But 
I'll say this. Guys, there's, there's nothing like preaching to people that are hungry. There's nothing worse than preaching to people that are hungry. Nothing. There's nothing worse than preaching to people that have bound and determined in their heart that no nobody's going to make me praise. There ain't nothing like preaching to people that are asking, give me something to praise Jesus for. I don't know where your heart's at. I don't know where, where all that is for you. But, you, you know, we, we learned enough this morning to where we have no excuse, right? Let's pray. Father, <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Thank you, Lord, that we can now approach the throne of grace, the, the throne that we could not approach before. Because it was so holy and it, it had so many stipulations on it because of our sinfulness, Lord, we couldn't approach it. But God, you, you yourself, you yourself have given us grace that we can, that grace and mercy, that we can approach this throne. Lord, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for letting us in. We didn't deserve to come in. Thank you, Lord, for letting us in when we didn't deserve it. Thank you, thank you for, for allowing us to be able to come into your holy place because you have indeed made a way. Lord, I, I pray for, for our church. I pray, God, that or the, who, whoever may be sitting, uh, listening to this on, online or, or whatever, Whoever go back and listen to it, who who is listening to it sitting in the pew, God, I, I pray that you would, um, Lord, that you would drastically change our hearts in such a way, Lord, we could become completely fixated on making sure that you get the glory that's due your name. Lord, I pray that you help our church find a place of praise God I'm 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 asking you to do the thing God that Lord we need done in our life to show us how worthy you are to be praised I don't know where you are this morning but if you would, just keep your head bowed. Your eyes closed. you communicating to God the proper sacrifice of praise
you're not, I'm without any kind of a musical tone in the room. I'm going to invite you to come to your altar. And you do, you do with the Lord. Friend, I'm, I'm asking you to get to a place of shame and guilt. If you have indeed lost the sacrifice of your praise. Lord, help us to shake off anything that will cause us to not offer this sacrifice, whatever that may be, hard-heartedness or bitterness, anger, clamor, wrath, all the works of the flesh, Lord, that would cause us to, to not offer the sacrifice of praise. God, may we go in and bow at our altar in our temple, the one not made with hands, the one in which Christ dwells in. May we go and commune within our temple and offer these sacrifices. God, you have, you, have, you have done far more for us in the moment of salvation than, than we, could ever, we could ever run out of praise for. God, I, Lord, if there's somebody here in, in this room, Lord, that has let, let praise completely just all but be all but be null and void in their life. God, I, I pray, Lord, a special place of repentance could be gained on their behalf. Lord, help us to. Lord, we love you, and we love how good you are to us. And God, may we communicate that. 
through our life and, and our actions and our work. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.